Hi, I'm David Legere of Woodhall Press, and you're tuned in to Publish This Over Lunch. Today we're talking with uh, Emily Heaton. Is that Heaton or Hayden? Hayden, actually. Hayden. See, I always like to, because I, I get uh, David Legier all the time, or Legree. <laughs> I do, so I'm, I'm respectful of people's last names. Uh, so, uh, Emily Hayden. Uh, Emily's writing has appeared in the Washington Post, Lit Hub, Electric Literature, the Seattle Times, the Hartford Current, uh, Brevity Magazine, Colorado Review, and elsewhere. She has also recently appeared on NPR. Her essays will be published in uh, books, Don't Look Now, Things We Wish We Hadn't Seen, from Ohio State University, which is currently out, and Fast Funny Women, 75 Essays of Flash Nonfiction from Woodhall Press, and that will be coming out uh, March 2nd, 2021. She's a PhD student in creative writing and literature at the University of Cincinnati. Emily, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, it's exciting. So let's start off, I'm asking everybody that, this question. Uh, tell us something that you found incredibly inspiring in the literary world uh, in 2020. So the thing that I have found the most inspiring has come out of my teaching because, so when the pandemic began, I was teaching creative nonfiction classes at um, mm -hmm. Northern Kentucky University and they went virtual just like most people's did. And so the books that we were gonna end the semester with, uh, which were Wild by Cheryl Strayed and Jasmine Ward's beautiful book, Men We Reaped. So two memoirs, um, we were gonna read those and now it became more like kids do this activity um, by themselves at home and they wrote me responses and emailed them in and it felt like we kind of shifted to becoming almost pen pals and, and you know I would write them back and when they wrote to me they said things like they were just getting so lost in these books um, mm -hmm. I have cats fighting in the background um, but <laughs> they said that they were getting totally lost in the books and I remember, especially Wild, they were like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm not here. I feel like I'm not in my room. You know, I feel like I'm on the Pacific Crest Trail in California. And it's so nice to not think about COVID for a minute, you know, and it's just so nice to feel like I'm transported somewhere. And so many of them said that and the level of just, just escapism and meaning that they mm -hmm. took from the book reminded me of why I want to write, you know, of why mm. I write, why I do this, and why any of us do this. So that was really inspiring for me. Yeah, it's it's that reminder of why we do what we do. And uh, I like that. You know, one of the, the answers I've been getting a lot of this year from when I ask people is that sense of uh, affirmation about why they do what they do. And then the community, there's a, a strong community that's been developing as a result of uh, 2020, right? It's maybe it's the forced isolation is making us reach out more. I don't know, uh, yeah. but I think it's interesting. Now, I want to circle back in your bio. You mentioned that you were recently on NPR. Uh, what were you on NPR for? That's cool. So I wrote an essay, and it was published in Lit Hub, um, and then. Oh, so, you broke up a little bit. Can you uh, go back 10 seconds? What did you just say? <laughs> sure. So I wrote an essay and it was published in LitHub. And 
when that came out, uh, these two guys, these two reporters saw it and they read it and they contacted me and they, they interviewed me about my experience because they were making a new podcast for NPR um, and it had to do with uh, constitutional rights. And the, it, basically they felt that my experience um, at what was, so I went to this crisis pregnancy center and um, mm -hmm. a lot of people don't know what those are, but they're basically like fake clinics um, and they lure and trap pregnant women. Um, and the whole thing was just wild and awful. And so mm -hmm. I wrote what happened to me when I went to one of these and um, they said, okay, uh, you know, we'd like to interview you about what happened there and then share your story as part of our podcast. And so they did. And, um, and then it was on the radio. Um, and, you know, that was really cool. And my friends in DC were like, we heard you on the radio. Um, so that gave me some hope because some hope about the state of the world for women, um, because it meant that at least in, you know, Washington, DC, a bunch of people were hearing uh, this reality that they don't often get, you know, mm -hmm. exposed to, like this part of our world that's sort of hiding in plain sight all the time. I mean, these centers, there are like 4,000 of them in the United States right now. Um, and, <clears throat> And most people don't know what they are. So that was what I was on there for. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's fascinating. And, and uh, congratulations for being on NPR. That's great. Hey. Yeah. Uh, you know, right? That's cool. So uh, how would you then, you know, based on, you know, what you're saying, you have a lot of experiences. How do you describe yourself as a writer and what uh, inspires you, you know? And also follow up, what are you most proud of? But let's just start with, you know, how do you describe yourself as a writer and what inspires you? Okay, so I describe my style as lyrically frank. I really want to be gripping. I never want to bore my reader. I always want to be very real though in the way that I write. Um, so I, I want to be literary in terms of like, I want to do beautiful writing. You know, I want to do really good writing. Um, and I love language and I want that to show, but I also want storytelling in my work. I really want to be, you know, I, I want to, to bring the reader into the power of the moment that I experienced. And I want to put them in those shoes. Um, so that's what that's what my work is about. Like overall, it's so many, so many powerful things happen to us every day in our lives. And I just have, you know, I, I only write nonfiction, I have zero interest in fiction at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. Just because I think, like, what happens to us every day is the most fascinating thing in the world. And if we have the ability to take it and put it on the page, we can just be incredibly, I don't know, we can, I, I just think it's so important to show people the reality of what's around them. Um, so that's how I would describe myself as a writer. And what was your next point again? <laughs> and uh, 
who uh, are, you know, that's what inspires you. Oh, and right. do you have uh, any, you know, particular writing that you're most proud of? Like, is there something that, you know, you just like, look to this if you want to see my style and who I am as a writer? Yeah. Um, I mean, you should read the, the Lit Hub piece. That's what I'm most proud of. Uh, it's mm -hmm. an excerpt from the book I'm working on. And so... I mean, this project is what I'm most proud of. Um, so, you know, mm -hmm. in, a, in a nutshell, um, you know, I, I got pregnant unexpectedly when I was in my MFA program and it completely changed me as a writer and as a person. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up writing about it. Um, I, I, just, I just wrote like the truth of what happened. And part of what happened involved, as I already mentioned, going to this clinic that promised to give women who were pregnant and confused, um, you know, and unsure of what to do. It, it promised to give them free tests um, without politics or hype and help them make up their minds, basically. And I really believed at the time that there was a place I could go in the world for objective counseling. Um, and, you know, that really turned out not to be true. I mean, there, there, there are a few services, but I didn't learn about them until after the fact, until it was too late. And so I went to this clinic and uh, like I, I ended up falling for their trap and it was a, it was a Jesus trap. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I was given cookies and invited to sit on this green comfy couch and put in this room with this very nice woman. And, you know, I was totally desperate and lost. This is the most vulnerable I'd ever been in my whole life. And, um, is just panicked and in this bad situation and uh you know you should just go read the piece about it um instead of trying to mm -hmm. I, i'm trying to recap it for you here but i'm much better on the page um so if if you just go it's called uh the abortion clinic that wasn't um mm -hmm. and so that's what i'm most proud of is um just trying to use my work to show people uh, things they might not have known about and things that prey on women um, mm. because this is something that that happens and and people don't talk about it because of shame and silence mm -hmm. and stigma and I'm mm -hmm. over that like I'm over stigma um, surrounding really common experiences that happen to people um, mm -hmm. and yeah so I'm working on turning it into a book and um you know, I have um, one of the books I was using to wrap up my phone. Um, another section of my book just came out in this book, um, which is called Don't Look Now, Things We Wish We Hadn't Seen. So I'm, you know, and this is from um, Ohio State University Press, and it just came out. So you can get that one, too. So, so you know, I'm, I'm releasing, like, sections of it. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited for, well, I need to finish it. I need to finish the project first. I got a phone call. I declined. So I'm curious. <laughs> so I'm curious, how far along into your book are you? I mean, I'm, I'm, I want to read this, right? Like, do you have a lot more to do? <laughs> or... 
<laughs> Thanks. Thanks for saying that. Uh, I So I've got a finished draft and it's my dissertation and I'm working on it right now. So yeah, nice. I have a finished draft of it and um, I'm revising, you know, my, my dissertation mm -hmm. advisor, uh, she gave me some amazing feedback. Uh, her name is Kristen Iverson. She's incredible. She's a great writer herself. Um, and so I'm, I'm using those line edits right now and going through and trying to get it to be as, as good as I can possibly make it. Uh, so I, I should, you know, be done. Well, I'll defend in the spring and in theory, I will be done then. Um, That's and good. then I just need to find, you know, an agent <laughs> and a publisher. Well, you kind of, I think you kind of answered my next question. I was sort of wondering, you know, because you've been so active in the literary world, these pieces you're publishing, traveling numerous universities, PhDs programs, PhD programs. And I was wondering, you know, what are your next steps in the literary world? But it sounds like your next step is revising your manuscript and getting an agent. It sounds yeah. like that's kind of the, the path you're on. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it's exciting. It's an exciting path. Yeah, it feels really good. Um you know, and I've, I've been in touch with a couple agents as these things have, have come out, um, like piecemeal. And pretty much everybody just says, when are you going to be done with the book? You know, um, so so in the spring, I hope to be done with the book and go from there. And, you know, again, I think you kind of also touched on this a little bit, but it's, you know, how your journey as a writer has been shaped by your experiences. It sounds like it's been at least in your current book and what you've done recently, heavily shaped by your experiences. How was your writing then shaped by your experiences before this current, you know, what your current path that you've been on? Like you started as a writer at a young age, right? The age, I think you were the age of three, you told me, like uh, right. you started at a young age. Uh, and has, you know, how have you uh, defined your inspiration over the years? Like, you know, is there something that is a driving force behind you as a writer, what do you think? I mean, yeah, I, I, I just want to tell a good story. You know, I've always been a storyteller. I, I've always wanted to share the truth of my life. Um, I think at a level that most people don't. Like, I, mm -hmm. I really hate lying. I'm really, really bad at it. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, both my, my fiance and I are both very, very um just blunt people in a lot of ways and i think that that notion of the truth uh he's a writer too so i think that that like you know we, we have a lot of discussions uh in this house about like about the truth and about writing and anyway so i just always wanted to to just share the reality of my world and that that was a, a driving force and Mm -hmm. I didn't know when I was younger that you could just do this. Like, I didn't know. I, I thought everything had to be fiction. Well, I mean, first, initially, I thought I was a poet. And um, and it was third grade, uh, not age three. I couldn't read at age three. But I uh, I wasn't that precocious. But I when I was <laughs> in third, gr third grade, I, I, you know, I wrote a poem. Um, and it just kind of kept up from there. So I moved away from poetry eventually, which was for the best. And then uh, I started writing fiction, except it was all real. Like, it, mm -hmm. you know, I was actually uh, sending it to some professors I had met at UConn when I was an undergrad. And, um, you know, 
these stories were all about me and nothing in them was made up or fabricated but i just kept saying she and they were they were like you know uh what are you doing like what are you like honey what are you gaining by pressing these into fiction and these all happened they're real you know and that makes them essay and they were like you need to be an essay writer um this was uh, my professor penelope pelazon who's a poet from Yukon and she, you know, she said, you need to write essays. And I said, those are boring. Like I said, I'm not gonna write essays. Um, and she said, you have no idea what you're talking about. Go buy a couple books that I'm gonna recommend. And, and then I went from there. So I'm very grateful that she taught me what nonfiction is because apparently there's a genre here in the world, you know, creative nonfiction where you can just tell yeah. your, your life. Yeah. I was in, similarly, I was in college when I got exposed to the creative nonfiction personal essay. And it's uh, very therapeutic. Even if you're, you know, a fiction writer, it's still fun to just try your hand at nonfiction occasionally. I think there's a lot of therapy involved in it and it helps you work through things. And, you know, I, I always find it fascinating who begins their career sort of as a writer. And I'm often remember reminded of, um, of a couple of people I've talked to that don't think of themselves as writers, but they're great storytellers. And I remind people that uh, a great writer is actually just a good storyteller. So don't, you don't get discouraged if you feel like you can't write, uh, yeah. tell a good story and then let that translate. My, I remember my mom loves to talk about when I actually, I was about three or four and my dad came in the house looking for a check that he apparently had left on a table as his paycheck. And he asked me, David, have you seen seen my check? And I came up with this elaborate story about how wild pigs came down through the mountain, <laughs> burst through the front doors, tore your check to shreds, and then ran into the night. And that's how I became a fiction writer. And I still am to this day, but I, I do love uh, <laughs> a good nonfiction occasionally too. Uh, you know, sometimes I do like the wild pigs through the doors. <laughs> Um, right. So I'm curious, you live with a, a, you're engaged to a writer, this is a household of writers. Do you have any writing practices or tips that you found extremely useful that you could pass on to anybody uh, watching or listening right now? Yeah, uh, you know, two that come to mind. So one is uh, just be the kind of writer that you are. You know, I, I always, I think writers have all this anxiety, like I'm not doing it right. Um, you know, or their lives get busy and they think, oh my God, I'm not writing every day. You know, I'm not really a writer. And no, like if you're a writer, you're a writer. And um, I don't, uh, sometimes I don't write for weeks. Sometimes, I mean, there have been times in my life that I haven't written for months or, or I stopped for a year or, you know, whatever. But when something angers me or something really motivates me, uh, I have to get it out of me. That's how mm. I feel. And that's how I came to, to start writing um, my memoir is actually that thing happened at the clinic and it pissed me off at a level I hadn't been pissed off before. And I said, like, I am going to show the world what really happens to women, like, screw this place. And I don't know what kind of language I should be using here. But anyway, I was very mad. And, <laughs> you know, and um, so I wrote, I sat down and wrote and so that's happened a couple times in my life where something has been really upsetting and I just have to write 
or something's been really moving and wonderful and I have to I have to tell the story so when there's a good story that comes I write it down and that's there you go so uh, don't feel pressure to to write every day if if you're not that kind of writer and if you are great good for you but there are all kinds of writers um and the other advice i would give is just get some smart writer friends get get somebody you know go to a go to a program or join a, a good group be careful i think about which writing groups you join but but find a community of some kind and find some good friends who can also write and then swap like you know send them a piece of writing and ask them to read it for you i like to read essays over the phone out loud with some of my friends like i'll email it to them and then we'll look at them together in the night um and we'll go line by line you know or paragraph by paragraph or whatever and we'll say like what's working and what's not um so yeah so get get a tribe yeah i like that uh you know in fact that's how woodhall press began is uh we started as a writer's group for years meaning once a month and I can't uh, recommend enough to anybody, uh, whether you've been in a grad school program or you're done or at whatever point you are as a writer, uh, try to find that writer's group uh, to keep yourself, you know, motivated. And it also gives you deadlines, yes. you know, because you know you have a meeting coming up, so you better hurry up and, and get something done. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, is it, you know, lastly, three things I, I ask everybody because I'm just fascinated and, I'm, and I really find this to be interesting, especially in the writing community, uh, coffee or tea. What do you think? Uh, well, <clears throat> I'm drinking tea right now. Uh, I'm a big tea drinker. Uh, you know, mm. I like I like to get my day started with some nice turmeric tea or a lemon ginger. Um, drink a lot of peppermint in the evening. But, you know, um, I mean, I've worked as a high school teacher and uh, on those early mornings, coffee was essential. So I think it depends. <laughs> it depends on the situation, you know. Situational. I like that. Yeah. Um, all right. So what's one quote, motto, song? What gets you up out of bed and into the world each day inspired to write? What, do you have anything? What do you got here for us? I do. <laughs> I do have a quote. Uh, I, I was going to read it to you guys. I just shut my computer absentmindedly here. Here, let's see. There it is. All right. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to open it up and read it because uh, it, it does a better job than, okay, here it is. So it's this Martha Graham quote. She was uh, an American dancer and choreographer, and she said this. There is a vitality, a life force, an energy, a quickening that is translated through you into action. And because there is only one of you in all of time, this expression is unique. And if you block it, it will never exist through any other medium and it will be lost. The world will not have it. It is not your business to determine how good it is, nor how valuable, nor how it compares with other expressions. It is your business to keep it yours clearly and directly to keep the channel open. You do not even have to believe in yourself or your work. You have to keep yourself open and aware to the urges that motivate you. Keep the channel open. So that really helps me. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Because Thank I think you. I'll Thank you for sharing that. That's great. I, that's it's one of the best ones I've heard. That's that's excellent. Thanks. Uh, and then, um, lastly, kind of uh, anything to tell the audience uh, a tip, advice. What would you like them to know? 
that, you know, writing takes a ton of patience and time and energy and more money than you've ever dreamed um, in a lot of ways. So it also takes networking and it takes connections. Uh, it isn't just about craft or talent. Those things help right? You need those. Uh, but you can learn, you can get better over time, you can go to writing programs that will cost you a great deal of money. I mean, you should get funding. But even if you get funding, you know, uh, which I did, you will take out student loans probably along the way, which I also did, you know, so just be aware that there are a lot of unseen realities that go into writing. So don't get down on yourself if your writing isn't getting accepted right away. Um, when you send it out into the world, just you got to be as creative as you possibly can about finding a way to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, um, do you have a website or how would you like people to get in touch with you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Um, you know, my name is like underscore Emily underscore Hayden. Um, <laughs> and then a third underscore <laughs> or you can uh so just whatever type in emily hyden into twitter or you can also go to my website it's um emilyhyden.com emilyhyden.com uh and if you have any questions anybody listening you want to be a guest uh and or even anything we discussed today and you'd like a follow-up uh, email me at david at woodhallpress.com emily uh thank you for being here today this was great yeah thank you so much for having me this was really fun all right, see ya all right bye